Hi, I'm Melanie Walker and this is Grounded. If gardening is your passion, this is the place to be to find out about what's happening in the gardening world. And yeah, welcome to it. Now, I have to tell you, we had so much request for a particular episode that we put out last year, towards the end of last year, about a wonderful man who's doing some fantastic stuff down in the Cape, especially after all the fires that happened. I mean, suddenly, if it's not in the news anymore, it's out of everybody's minds. But because we're now all planning, well, those of us with children are planning what we're going to do with our kids during the longer holidays in July, we thought we'd bring it back to you again so that you might get some inspiration and some ideas of where to send your kids in the July holidays. Because Misha Teasdale from Green Pop is going to be teaching kids how to plant trees in Neisner so we can reforest the earth. So here it is yet again. One person who's doing this on a rather large-scale basis, we do have on the line at the moment, and it sounded a little bit windy, but it might just be because he's outside, is Misha Teasdale. He's the founder and CEO of Green Pop. Good morning, Misha. Hi, good morning. Lovely to be on your show. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Now, well, I mean, saying joining us, I mean, you're, you're taking some time out of your hectic schedule. Um, you're busy, you're down in Neisner at the moment. What are you doing there? So we're hosting a tree planting day. We're working with a company called um, Retroviral and First Choice. Um, and they've essentially sponsored us to come out and connect with a local school in the Rienendal area. And we spent pretty much the last five hours doing some educational games, doing some tree planting, a little bit of ceremony, and having a lot of fun. Well, that sounds great. I mean, how's, how's nice and looking after those dreadful fires earlier this year? I tell you what, there's a lot of devastating damage, but there's a lot of things coming up. Nature finds a way, and it's beautiful to be able to see it six months later after a little bit of rain. Um, and there's obviously a huge amount of work that needs to be done. But generally, the the sentiment in the Neisner area and the Eden district at large is one of optimism. I'm glad to hear that. I'm hoping that it's going to be just as optimistic down in, in Cape Town. I mean, you live in Cape Town. How hectic has it been down there with this water, the water restrictions? It's been pretty intense. I won't lie to you. Um, I think going through the full swing of the last few years and uh, what's been going on through the media and obviously everyone having to really tighten their belts on the waterfront. It's it's making us a, a wiser and more adapted uh, community, one hopes. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully this this isn't the turn for the worst, but in the process will allow for us to appreciate water in a different way and build more resilient systems that um, you know it reduces the amount of water that we're using um, um, make sure that our day-to-day lives, we're consuming less just in, in you know, our teeth brushing and showering and cooking of food and, and also that we're collecting water in every way we can and becoming more water sovereign as individuals mm. so we're not just reliant on municipal water. Well, I'm one of those people who's kind of decided to do all of those things in solidarity with all the people in Cape Town, Um, (laughs) which is, uh, you know, I mean, I think we should all be thinking that way anyway. But for me, it's always, I mean, I sit here and I think about planting trees. Yes, if we plant more trees, it means that it can actually create more weather. I know it sounds weird, but you think about where the rainforests are. Are the rainforests there because they um, have a lot of water in the area, or is there a lot of water in the area because of the rainforests? Um, It's one of those kind of uh, chicken crossing the road, or which came 
first, um, the egg or the chicken. But when you plant trees, obviously you need water to be able to do that. So down in the areas where they're experiencing drought, where they could do with some more trees, it becomes quite a catch-22 situation. And that's basically what you've been doing with Green Pop because you have created a tree evolution. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, for the last seven years, we've been planting trees all over Southern Africa. We have most of our projects in the Western Cape, and that's anything from urban greening, uh, planting in schools and orphanages and community centers, to reforestation projects where we're planting in one of South Africa's and Southern Africa's southernmost forest in Klapos Forest, um, all the way up to Tanzania where we have a small satellite project where we've been working with them for the last uh, two years now. So, yeah, we've planted quite a few trees, not a massive amount, but um, 80,000 trees in the last seven years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say they were enough to start a rainforest, but... The, the science behind trees is that they they cause transpiration mm. and they uh, allow for weather to hopscotch further inland. So, you know, if you, if you think about the Karoo and the limited amount of water that comes onto the Karoo, if you don't have trees on your coastline, then uh, as far as I'm aware, you're, you're reducing the amount of potential for those weather systems and those and the, the low pressure in order to, to get your... Uh, your weather to cross those mountains and into the Karoo areas where it's really hot and dry. Uh, so there's, it's possible that many people have done this around the world. They've created micro um, uh, ecosystems and weather systems by planting a huge amount of trees and in the process starting their own little miniature rainforest. Um, you know, if you cut down a rainforest, I, as far as I'm aware, that, that rain isn't going to continue. Mm. So it's definitely an effective way uh, of working with the weather and and managing also how much of that um, the moisture does get captured because you know the more um, organic material that's on the ground you're you're cooling your environment number one um, and you're also allowing for a lot of that moisture to be uh, put back into the earth um, which is, you know, helps with the ecosystem at large. Mm. Okay, so now how long ago did you actually start Green Pop? Because I, mean, I remember you coming onto my radar quite some years ago. We were talking about the fact that you were planting all these trees all over the place. <laughs> uh, we started in September 2010, so kind of an Arbor Month campaign. Mm -hmm. And the idea was just to plant a thousand trees and we were all going to go back to our day jobs. And it was all fun and we had uh, a great amount of ambition and momentum from a very broad community, but in the process, we landed up raising, I think, somewhere in the region of 1,800 trees, so we still had another 800 trees to plant, and then we had a lot of communities contacting us saying, we'd love some trees, please can you come get involved, or companies contacting us saying, we'd like to go and continue tree planting with you, or take our teams tree planting, and the momentum was there, and we felt, yeah, we felt ambitious about the potential for us to to continue and kind of resign from the things that we were doing and, and start a social enterprise that gets South Africans and people from all over the world connecting around something that's so beautiful and neutral and happy and, and accessible. You know, you can have a five-year-old planting a tree and you can have an 80-year-old planting a tree and it's, it's one language, yeah. uh, which is really beautiful. What, what were you doing when you um, went on holiday and just never came off it again? <laughs> I... So I, I was working in the film and media industry. Uh, I did the documentary for Volkswagen 
on football development and myself and a good friend Rowan and a team of us, we flew around the world and we made this big documentary in the back end of it. We landed up flying 360,000 kilometers and that's why we wanted to plant these trees. Okay, to offset your carbon footprint. That's correct. Yeah. Okay, but I mean, it, it must be difficult for people. I mean, we always say, okay, the best time to, to plant a tree was 20 years ago, but the second best <laughs> time to plant a tree is now. How many That's people right. are actually getting on board with this? I mean, I just see so many people that just want to cut trees down and I mean, you can go and plant trees and the next thing you come along and somebody strip barked it because it's supposedly a mooty tree and it actually isn't. I mean, especially in, in the kind of more undeveloped areas um, where there is so little, the trees are the first thing that actually feel the brunt. I mean, they get taken down immediately because the wood is necessary or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, the reality with tree planting is it comes with a host of educational elements that need to come with it. Um, and I think everyone's on a different journey and in different parts of their developments within our society and of their own needs as well, you know, from a cultural need, from a survival mechanism, if you're needing to heat your home or uh, cook your food or whatever it is. So there are challenges. Um, and, and that's why it's important to, to get involved with these things and, and get community involved. So don't just plant a tree by yourself. Yeah, Get your friends, get uh, people you work with, um, get your local schools involved um, or get us involved. Mm. And I think, you know, there's obviously uh, you shouldn't be planting trees everywhere because we have so many beautiful and sensitive ecosystems. Um, like, for instance, the, the Fainbos of the Cape. Um, or the grasslands of certain parts of the highlands that uh, the high felts that should be preserved for what they were. Um, but in urban areas where you have heat bubbles, where you have uh, a need for um, you know re- reducing the the heat from uh, buildings, etc., mm-hmm. and roads, it's such a valuable thing to be putting trees into the ground, and it adds spirit to a community you have trees it can reduce the crime rate because people spend more time outdoors and they become community policing uh they're walking their dogs they're pushing their prams they're sitting on benches and it encourages people to to be part of a community as opposed to being isolated well i've noticed a lot more people in johannesburg getting out and about and actually fixing up the parks and planting more trees and it's a wonderful thing to see but as you said it's also a case of you can't just go and plant anything you have to be sensitive to what is going to work um, well in the area not only for the area but also to give the tree a chance so if you're planting endemic that is probably the best best way to go not just oh this is an indigenous tree i'm going to go and take a natal lavender and put it in the bush felt. Not the best idea. Exactly. And that's uh, something that we're big believers in, is really understanding what you're planting, why you're planting it, and where you're planting it. So being cognitive all the way through those three Ws. Because if you plant something that's going to be grow really big and it's right next to your house, it could da- do damage to your house. And mm. one day you have to cut it down. So always considering... The, the full spectrum of the implications of planting that tree. Um, and also we have a lot of invasive trees in South Africa. Um, you know, your pine trees and your eucalyptus trees. And uh, unfortunately, jacarandas are also supposedly not so great. <laughs> Tell they... me, trust me, they're not so great. Okay, if you live under <laughs> one, you don't want one. <laughs> um, so they, there are certain things that you should understand and it's important to do your research. Yeah. And the, the reality is we have so many resources out there and so many knowledgeable people. And you can find out 
pretty quickly what you should be planting in your area. And the reality is we have so many beautiful indigenous trees um, that there's no excuse to not be planting indigenous. They grow relatively quickly. They're made for this environment, so they're lean. Um, and, you know, you get the benefits of some um, deciduous trees um, um, and you get the, the benefits of, of the evergreen trees. So whatever works for you in the types of environments that you're trying to create, uh, there's going to be a tree for you. Right, so we're talking to Misha Teasdale, as we said, the founder and CEO of Green Pop, which is a tree evolution that is taking note. He's down in Nizen at the moment and talking to us um, by telephone. So um, you've been doing a lot of education down there with kids um, and teaching kids about the relevance and the necessity of um, looking after the environment, and especially when it comes to trees. Yes, Misha? That's right, yeah. I, I suppose it's been a real journey for us because when we started off, uh, we understood the, the basic benefits of trees. Mm. But uh, as you grow and as you understand the necessity to really get this information across, we've developed our programs and we partnered with various um, other organizations. And now, you know, we're in a, quite an exciting space where we're facilitating pop-up workshops around composting or worm farming or tree pruning. Um, we've got uh, educational uh, material that we work with the school on so that they can introduce it into their eco clubs and that can be anything from photosynthesis to um, the various processes that trees and plants go through um, and yeah I mean we, you've got this uh, myriad of information that's out there and in order to kind of distill it down into something that's tangible for kids and makes them excited and potentially includes games and fun activities. And that's really what Greenpoint is all about, is making it uh, fun and accessible and exciting so that kids can learn through the process. But I mean, look, even though you're based down in the Western Cape, I mean, in Cape Town, I know that you you were up in Johannesburg recently visiting a number of schools and getting the kids there all excited about it. Yeah, that's right. So another element that we do, which is maybe educational, but we see it as more active, citizen-driven, and inspirational. Um, is that myself and my team? Um, we like to connect with young people and and older people, but in particular young people, to get them invested and involved in the environmental space. And we do this through telling stories, telling our stories, our personal journeys, um, and relating it to how they could potentially get involved and make things happen in their own way. Um, I feel like there's you know, so much potential in the youth today. Mm. But unfortunately, with a lot of the doom and gloom uh, news, um, it allows for complacency to really set in. And I feel like a space that us as an organization can, can really make our mark is through getting people excited about making big things happen in their own community and really acting local in a big way and not letting things slide, you know, being a protagonist in the situation and, and not being scared, being comfortable with being uncomfortable, I like to say. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, none of us like to be feeling like we're sleeping on a pee under a mattress like that poor princess. Um, but so many people do behave like princesses and think, oh, well, it's, I'm, I'm all right, Jack, and the hell with everybody else. Um, but yeah. I mean, here in Johannesburg, especially, I mean, I, we are very fortunate that we have an incredibly busy and useful city parks department. Um, yeah. And they've been planting up a whole lot of trees and doing amazing things. But um, if somebody wanted to get involved, 
involved with something like that up here in Joburg, like with Green Pop. Um, do you have the facilities up here that they could get in touch with you or do have to be kind of working remotely? So my recommendation is twofold. One is find out what's happening in your community locally and see how you can get involved with various things. And there are lots of volunteer projects out there. And not everyone loves trees as much as I do. So maybe there's something else that gets you excited. You know, if you're at the coast doing coastal cleanups or park cleanups, um, you know, there's a whole bunch of different things that you could do. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if you wanted to get involved with Green Pop, there are various projects that we host throughout the year um, around South Africa. So check out our website and sign up as a volunteer and get our active citizen newsletter, which puts out fresh green news of ways that you can get active for the environment and things that are coming up in the not-too-distant future where you can come get physically involved with what we're doing. We have big tree planting festivals. We have other events where we do tree planting and permaculture, environmental wall murals. We do natural building. Um, and we essentially are on a mission to uh, upskill people emotionally and physically in yeah, being role players in their own community and doing big things. Um, so there are various ways that you can make it happen, and there's lots of information out there, um, and we're also putting a lot of information out there. So just get yeah, get in the loop and and find out more. Well, I must say that I mean you you made a huge impact on most of the young ladies at Parktown Girls, um, and <laughs> especially my children who immediately got on the phone to me and said, "Look, you've got to speak to this guy." Um, but it was wonderful to know that they they suddenly thought, you know what. What mom's been preaching is actually true and, and we should be getting more involved. And of course, it was the school's um, birthday and, you know, each class was giving a present. So, of course, they're like, the first thing is you need to get a tree for us to give to the school so the tree, that they can plant the tree. So, I mean, that's <laughs> like, you know, I mean, rather than going and getting something which is kind of nice, but not that useful, I would say to everybody, if you see there's a little school in your area and you've got a little bit of money and you think, hang on, let me give a, a Christmas present, a birthday present or whatever, it's my birthday, go out and actually buy a tree for that particular place, for the school. But there yeah. are there are places, of course, you know, that they, they can't have big trees. So do you only like think about putting trees in or are we talking also large shrubs? Um, so, uh, for instance, our greening program in the Cape, mm-hmm. we are not doing just trees. We also do uh, feinbos and other types of plant material. And we're looking at more of a garden scaping type environment. Um, and I think just to speak to what you've just been saying, you know, with Christmas around the corner, it, the tendency is for us to make a long list and try and match that list with everyone who's in our friends and family and go out and buy things that potentially they're only going to be excited for that day or for a few days mm. because that's kind of our culture as opposed to thinking about it in a very different way. And, and that way could be, well, could I make something or could I write them a poem or could I write them a letter of just how I feel about our relationship or could I do an experience? Like, can we book a, a mountain bike ride together or go uh, do a surf lesson together or do something that's meaningful and we don't have to consume a product in order to do it? You think back to Christmas last year, mm-hmm. how many of those things are you still using? How many of those things are still adding real value to your life um, and I think we, we get caught up in this world of annual consumption and all of a sudden uh, you know we've got all these things that we really don't need um, and it's, it's a dangerous space to be in 
Mm. So there's so many more responsible and exciting ways that you can give people gifts that doesn't necessitate having to go stand in massive lines, queues and shopping malls and find parking and, and wrapping gifts that you know, maybe people don't really want as much as you, as you think. Um, otherwise, you can also go to our website and you can gift a tree and send someone a digital certificate with the GPS coordinates of that tree. And we'll plant it on your behalf. <laughs> I love that idea. Um, but you obviously don't have teenagers. <laughs> the, uh, no, things, yeah, things become a little bit more difficult when you have them because it's, it, they are very much um, kind of influenced by what is going on yeah. around them and their friends. But fortunately, some of us do have kids that are kind of like, let's, let's go and plant a tree. Let's go and, and put something out into the environment, which is great. And so, I mean, getting, I think you must just keep on getting people to talk um, about you know, at schools and I mean do you come up to Johannesburg that often? Um, I do come up uh, once or twice a year so and whenever I'm there there's generally some sort of tree planting happening and some talks and some, some meetings with good companies and whatever it is just to connect the dots. Okay now with the trees and, and shrubs and fainboss and everything that you are getting are you are you having to go out and buy this stuff yourself or are you getting the the retailers um, or the wholesalers the people that, who grow all of these things are they coming on board to help you with this? Or is it all dependent on, on funding? Uh, so some of the time, yes, we have a company called Just Trees, which has been helping us for a long time. Carl from Just Trees is a real champion. Uh, we have a company called Reliance Compost, who's been helping us with compost since we began. Uh, another company called Polyard, who helps us with our stakes and all the necessary bits and pieces for keeping up our plants nice and straight. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, we, I mean, there's a lot of other inputs that uh, are necessary in order for us to make the, the day a reality. Um, but a lot of people contact us uh, regularly and saying, you know, we've got a surplus supply of this, that, and the other. And if it's relevant and it's indigenous, it's possible it'll go on the ground. Oh, that's great. I'm glad. I'm so glad to hear that the green industry is actually <laughs> quite a friendly one. You sometimes wonder, you know, there, there can be most industries this kind of, oh, well, no, I'm not going to do that because of this and that. And it's a fairly small industry if you think about it as well. Yeah, that's exactly it. Okay, so what plans do you have for the future coming up for 2018? So in March this year, we're hosting something called the Reforest Fest, which is one of my personal favorite events of the year. It's two weekends back-to-back. Uh, I think it's the 15th to the 17th and the 23rd to the 25th of March. And essentially, over those two weekends, we're going to be hosting a music festival come tree planting. The first weekend is a family festival, so there's more kid-orientated um, activities. And the second weekend is a friends festival, which is, uh, you know, there's more adult things and music goes on a little bit later. Um, but both of them have great workshops. They have live music. We've got food trucks and all sorts. And we'd be looking to plant anything up to 10,000 trees in the Plapos Forest um, in the Khanspai area of the Western Cape. Um, and we planted almost 45,000 trees there so far. So it's been a really beautiful adventure for us coming with so many volunteers. I mean, annually, we probably get about a 1,000 volunteers over the two weekends that come and join us and put all these trees in the ground. And the experience of it mm. is, yeah, it's really beautiful. That is fantastic. Then, yeah, so you can find that on our, on our website. It's called the Reforest Fest. And you can buy tickets. You can book with transport. You can book with a tent. Or you can bring your own tent and bring your family along and, and your spades and your gloves. 
and a big smile and, and come and join us. Um, and the other thing we have in June, July next year, uh, we are busy gearing up for something we call the Eden Festival of Action. Um, in the wake of the fires that happened this year um, in the Eden area in June, mm. we are looking to see how we can hold hands with local NGOs and governments and schools and put some trees in the ground and really help with the re-greening that needs to happen here. Uh, there's obviously the, a massive amount of um, uh, lands that have been burnt, I think with 10,000 hectares. Much of it was non-indigenous stuff, but with uh, a lot of the gardens that have burnt and a lot of the schools and there's various environments that need significant rehabilitation. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to be setting up a 21-day project where people can come for a week or two weeks or three weeks, and we build a beautiful village, a camp, um, and in the afternoons we're out tree planting or doing permaculture or doing natural building or environmental war murals, and in the evenings we have workshops and talks, uh, we have music around the fire, and essentially create this very beautiful nurturing learning experience that people from all of the world have uh, attended over the last six years. Okay, so that's um, a great place to send your kids for the holiday then. <laughs> a really great day. I mean, I think we had about 170 kids that joined us uh, 2017 in Zambia. We had it in Zambia this year. Um, but next year, we're shifting it to Nisner just off the back of the big fires that have happened. And, and all the people that were calling for us and saying, yeah, we'd love to just work with you and see how we can make big things happen in the Eden area. Okay. So we're Super excited about that. That's called the Festival of Action, and you can find it on our website. And your website, of course, is www.greenpop.org. That's it. Okay, so everybody can <laughs> get you. hold of you. And I know you're on Facebook um, under Green Pop as well. So if anybody wants to get involved and help, please do get hold of them. Even if you want to start up your own thing up here, I'm sure that Misha and his team will give you the best advice that you could possibly get towards making our environment a better one. Misha, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to chat to us. It was such a lovely time. Thank you so much right. for connecting with me. And I hope we get to chat again soon, maybe in the well, new year. Well, I believe that I'm going to have to bring my children down to Nisner to come and do this Eden Festival. They've decided that's what they're going to be doing for a week in July. That's so, wonderful. all right. Hope to meet you soon. Take good care and uh, keep up the Perfect. good work. Thank you very much for that. For show notes and more information about this episode, go to solidgoldstudios.co.za forward slash grounded.